Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. My name's Mark, and I am one of the pastors at Trinity, and it's my privilege to travel around to all of our sites, and my privilege to be here with you this morning to uh, share God's Word as we wrap up this series called All In. Now, I, I got to tell you, I love this symbol, this uh, idea, this image that we've been using uh, for this series. Uh, and I, if you don't know where it comes from, it, it comes from when you go to, like, don't, come on, work for me. There you go. It, it, it comes from when, when you go to Goodwill to donate some stuff. Have you ever done that? We've got a Goodwill near our place, and so when I have, uh, you know, extra golf shirts around, you know, and stuff like that, we'll, we'll take them. And when you pull up to go Goodwill, they come out with the bin, and that's what you put your stuff in. That's, that's what you give. And wouldn't it be cool if one day somebody pulled up in front, they got out of their car, they walked up, the guy wheeled out with the bin, and the guy just dove right in. <laughs> said, just take me, all of me. I want you to have it all, okay? That's kind of the image. The image, and it comes from this verse in Romans 12.1, where it says, therefore, Paul says, therefore, and uh, the first week of the series on our online service, one of our pastors, Tony, uh, gave a, the message, and, and he said, you need to know what the therefore is there for, right? I just love that line, right? And, uh, and the therefore is there to remind us of everything that Paul has just said in the first 11 chapters of Romans. This amazing story of a God who created us, he gave us life in the first place. And then when we did stray from his plan for our lives, like we talked about earlier in the service, he sent Jesus into this world uh, to give us a new way to be righteous, a, a way that's apart from the law, a way that comes by faith. And this, this beautiful picture of everything that God has done for us, Paul says, therefore, in view of God's mercies, in view of all of that, he says, here's what the logical thing to do is, the proper thing to do is, you just offer yourself back to God, all of you, give it all, he said. And, and, and so two weeks ago, we looked at that idea. What does it mean to say we're going to be people, uh, believers that are all in? And last week, we talked about what does that mean for our time. And, and this week, we're going to talk about what that means for our money, our stuff, the stuff we buy with our money. And, and I get it. It's weird to talk about money at church. It's hard, right? It's one of the hardest things. And, but but here's, the, here's the reality. It's one of the things that Jesus talked about the most when he was here on this earth. So I want you to imagine if I got up here and I said, hey, there's this thing that Jesus talked about a whole lot when he was here on this earth, but I'm not going to talk about it because I'm uncomfortable talking about money. That'd be stupid, right? And so we're going to talk about our money, our stuff, a little bit together today. And I get that that's a little awkward, but I'll tell you, I think it's one of the most important things we could talk about in our society today. Let me explain why I say that. Now, you know it's less than 100 days till Christmas, right? It's like 90 days till Christmas. And, and by the way, I just heard a thing on the radio yesterday uh, saying that, that uh, if you're going to do Christmas shopping, do it now. Because, because of all the supply chain issues and stuff, they're saying, I, I don't know what's going to be in the stores when it comes to December. So, uh, you know, you, you better get out there. That's what they were saying. So, so I have a little quiz for you this morning. 
One of my favorite Christmas songs is uh, Bing Crosby's I'll Be Home for Christmas, okay? And now in the original version, the original Bing Crosby version, there's the record label, okay? In that original version, it goes, I'll be home for Christmas, you can count on me, please have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree is the original version. The, the original version is in presence on the tree because when the song first became popular, that's what you did with your presence. See, the, the, whole, the whole buying all this stuff for Christmas wasn't really as big a thing back then. And in fact, around the turn of the century, the way that they shared presents with one another at Christmas time is they would have some small little things that they might have for the, maybe it was a, a popcorn ball that they had made or, or, or some small trinkets or toys or things like that. And they would actually hang those on the tree for one another. But, but of course, you guys reflected uh, the change that's come in our society, right? And, uh, and newer versions of this song is not presents on the tree, it's presents under the tree, and actually, a couple of years ago, I got a new Christmas album by Kristen Chenoweth, who I, I love her voice. She's kind of amazing, and so I got her Christmas album, and, and she sings, and presents, I'm like, is it going to be under or on? She sings, and presents, round the tree, right? Because honestly, this is pretty much what Christmas has become like, isn't it, right? It's just, it's, and I, I hope all that stuff's not for that one kid. I, that would be... <laughs> That would be just, I mean, no wonder he's smiling. That would be just wrong. But, but, but the reality is we live in a society that is just full of this thing that we call materialism, right? And, and so I looked in the, in the dictionary in Webster's, and there's, there's two different definitions. The second definition is this, a preoccupation with or stress upon, preoccupation with or stress upon material rather than intellectual or spiritual things. If that does not describe our society, I don't know what does. Did you ever think about the fact that every day you are bombarded with ad after ad after ad, and almost all the ads that you see have the same basic format, and the format is this, you have something wrong in your life, and if you buy this, it will be okay. This is, this is a print ad uh, for Coke. Open a Coke, open happiness, right? You're not happy? There's a solution. Buy a Coke, open a Coke, you'll be happy, right? Now, we laugh about that, but we're all susceptible to it. And I'm going to, this is confess, confession time for me. This is my new driver. <laughs> now, I love to golf. I've, I've been golfing all my life. I do it a lot. I play a lot of golf. And uh and I've had the same driver for about five years now, and I was very happy with my driver until I was watching golf earlier this spring, and there was an ad that came on for the new tailor-made Sim 2. Yes. Yes, Eric. Yes. It, it, has, it has the stabilization ring, they told me, that goes throughout the club. It's got this weight on the bottom that's not straight across the sole, oh no, on an angle to perfectly match the descent into the ball to make this long and forgiving. <laughs> and it has this thing called twist face, 
which means if I hit the ball here, it will magically curve back into the middle of the fairway. Or if I hit the ball here, it will magically curve this way back into the middle of the fairway, right? So I opened up my credit card. <laughs> And I got me a new Sim 2. And guess what? I'm still hitting the ball about the same as I was off the tee before. Right? You see, the, the, the reality is that we get targeted with this idea that, that you have something wrong in your life. And by the way, I didn't even realize I had something wrong in my life when it came to my driver. But then when I saw what I could have, oh, no, I got to buy that, right? And, and the worst thing is, that like the ad I saw on TV was just kind of broadcast out to everybody, right? Or this ad that was in the magazine. Again, whoever opened the magazine got to see it. But you know what they're doing now, right? They are targeting you every time you open up your social media, right? And uh, Betty opens up her Facebook page. She sees different ads than I do. And it's based on our search history. Sometimes I think it's based on even things they've heard you saying in your phone, right? It's crazy. And so here's what I did, just a little experiment. I've not been on Facebook very much lately. Uh, but I thought, I'm going to open up Facebook, and I'm just going to screenshot the first three ads in my feed. And let's see, okay? So here you go. Uh, new golf bag. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe I could use that. Um, a new electronic device. Yes, please. I love those. And an ad for intermittent fasting. I know, and they even spelled it wrong. I know. It's intermittent fasting. I don't even... Uh, so what's it trying to tell me? See, I think it was, that was a miss, because I certainly don't need fasting, do I? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So we live in this society that is just fascinated with money and the stuff money can buy. And we are constant targets of that. And so into that this morning comes this story that we call the rich young man in Matthew chapter 19. And we, we heard it read, so I'm not going to read the, the whole story again to you, but I do want to point out a few things in this story to you. So we're told this man comes to Jesus with a question, and that happened a lot, right? People, people recognized in Jesus some authority. They recognized in him uh, wisdom and knowledge. They maybe even recognized him, in him, the divine. And, and so they came to Jesus, and, and, and one of them was this rich young man, and he comes and he says, teacher, and I want you to listen carefully to what he asked. I'm using a little different translation than we read before, but that's okay. He said, teacher, what good things must I do to have eternal life? Did you notice what he said? What do I do, teacher, to get this thing that I want? Now, there's some of what we were just talking about in that, but there's another subtle thing with a problem with money and materialism in our society there. And that is, society not only tells you that there's something wrong with you that only buying this thing will fix, but society tells you the more stuff that you can buy to fix, the more successful you are. The more important you are, the more powerful you are. The more stuff you have, the better you are. And that's just not true. But that's, this guy had bought into that, right? He's like, I've been successful in my life. I have lots of stuff. I am rich. That means that I must be able to accomplish anything I want to accomplish. And in this case, he wanted to accomplish eternal life. 
So he comes to Jesus and he says, what, what good things do I have to do? And, and first of all, Jesus, I love it. He always kind of pokes at things that are unexpected. He says, um, well, why do you ask me about what is good? Only God is good. Interesting. Jesus is kind of saying, do you get that I'm God, right? But then he says this. He, he gives him this, he says, okay, to answer your question, here's a list of commandments. And do you remember what the guy says? He says, well, I've done all that. I've obeyed all those commandments, Jesus, I got it. So what else? What else do I have to do? And now, now first of all, I love that Jesus doesn't contradict him, right? Jesus doesn't go, you haven't done all that stuff. He just kind of lets him go. And then, the, now we heard the Matthew version of this. The, Mark has this exact same story. And Mark adds one little deal, detail that, that's not in the Matthew one. And that's in Mark 10, 21. Before Jesus answers this last question, it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. So that's why Jesus didn't contradict him. He didn't put him on the spot. Jesus loved him, and he, and he wanted to help this guy. And, and when he looks at us this morning, he loves us, and he knows we live in this materialistic world, and he wants to help us. He loves us. Now, for this guy, Jesus knew what the exact thing was that was keeping him from truly understanding what life was all about, and it was his stuff. So Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all you have and give the money to poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And you know how this story ends. It's sad. It says, when the young man heard that, he went away, sadly, because he had lots of stuff. The, the, the thought for this young man of giving up his stuff was more than he could handle. At least, by the way, right now. We don't know what happened later in this young man's life. It's kind of a, a sad thing. Now, in another part of Matthew's gospel, Jesus was doing some more teaching on this, and Jesus said something that is at play in this story that, that I want us to ponder a little bit this morning. Jesus said this. He, he said, you know, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and thieves corrupt, and, or where moths corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. He said, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And then he said this. He said, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I could tell you for years, I heard these words of Jesus, but what I heard was where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Because that's what the world teaches us happens, right? The world teaches us, if, if you really care about this church, well, then you give to this church. If you really uh, care about your house, you're going to put a lot of money into your house. If you really care about your family, well, then you'll spend a lot of money on your family. Where your heart is, there your treasure goes. But that's not what Jesus says. And I, I still remember where I was. I was sitting at my desk, not at the church I'm at now, but the church I had been at before I came to Trinity. I was sitting at my desk, and I was reading these words. I went, well, wait a minute. Jesus has it backwards. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Jesus says it's the opposite. He says where our treasure is, it's our heart that follows our stuff. And 
once I understood this, I see this at play all the time in our lives. I don't know how many of you were around here at Trinity uh, last year when we did uh, this, this, this thing called uh, Chosen, right? And we, we, and we sponsored kids uh, in Bolivia through World Vision. And, uh, and we did that not by choosing the kids, but letting the cho- kids choose us. It was just really this cool thing. And so uh, Betty and I were in. We're like, we're going to sponsor a child. And this, this uh, little girl named Brissa uh, chose us. Really cool. And, uh, and so I honestly had not thought about sponsoring a child before we decided we were going to do this as a church. I thought, well, yeah, that's a cool thing to do, and yeah, we can do that. We can set a good example. We can do it. And, uh, and I, I can tell you, I definitely didn't think about Bolivia very much, right? I mean, I knew we had a mission partner there um, with this orphanage, Ninos Convalor, that we helped support, but you know, I didn't really think about what was going on in Bolivia very much. But now, since Betty and I, every month, are sponsoring this child, not only am I interested in her life, but like in my phone, you know, where you can have like two or three different places where what the weather is, one of them for me is Bolivia, because I want to know what's, what's it like there for her today, and how's it going, and stuff like that. It's, my heart is following where that treasure is. And so Jesus was challenging that young man, and he was, he's challenging us to think about where you want your heart to be, and does the way you're investing your money show it? Here's, a, here's another way to say it. This isn't something Jesus said. This is something that, that I heard somebody else say once, and I, I, I repeat it because I think it's right. It's the, the antidote to materialism in our society is generosity. If you want to combat all that stuff that we were talking about, all those forces that tell you over and over and over again that, that if, if you have a lot of stuff, that means you're successful, and if you don't buy this stuff, it means you're not going to be happy. If you want to combat those kind of influences in your life, the way to do it is to cultivate a life of generosity and, and to think about where you are spending your money, where, where you're, what you're doing with your stuff. Now, now, did you notice something else in that story? At, at, we, we often, by the way, stop telling the story of the rich young man here. But Jesus has this kind of fascinating conversation with his disciples after that. First of all, he says it's really hard for rich people to get into heaven. And, and, and that's because they're so focused on their stuff that they don't recognize their spiritual need, right? But then Peter, of course it's Peter, right? Peter is always the one that kind of jumps up and asks these questions. Peter says, hey, Jesus, we've given up everything to follow you. So what do we get out of it? Now, now, by the way, I, I wish that there was, like, emojis in the Bible. Because I'm pretty sure that this is another one of those times where it would say, Jesus, I roll, right? Jesus is like, seriously? You've been hanging around with me for all this time, right? And, and, and Jesus has this kind of amazing thing. He says to me, he goes, hey, guys, you've, you've got an amazing future in the next kingdom. And, and uh, Paul kind of put it this way uh, when he talked about it. He said he, he's talking about God the Father now, he says, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? In, in other words, when we are generous, when, when we give, 
it's not a zero-sum game. I, I think we feel like it is a lot. In fact, I know personally in my life, one of the things that has kept me from being generous sometimes when God was tugging on my heart to be generous was I was worried I wouldn't have enough, right? It, 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 if, I, I, if I tithe, you know, if I give 10% of what God has given me back to the work that he's doing, if I tithe, I, I don't, my budget's going to look a lot different, and there's this fear I won't have enough. Or, or if, if there's this opportunity, you know, you find out about a need and, and, and you want to do something, there's this feeling, oh, I don't, will I have enough? God says you don't have to worry about that. And, and now hear me, what I'm, I'm not saying this, that if you give $10 today to Trinity, God will get you $100 this week. No, I'm not saying that. But, but God does promise that he will graciously give us all things, and that, that starts with his love and his grace and eternal life and treasures in heaven, which I, I really believe he's talking about relationships. That's, that's that one thing, you know, they say you can't take it with you. The one thing you do take with you are your relationships, right? That's his promise to us. Now, um, in the, in the online sermon this week, I, I listened to it yesterday, Pastor Nick, who I think was here last week with you guys, right? He, he said something that I thought was really profound, and, and uh, so I was going to just steal it and say it myself, but I thought, no, I better quote him, right? He said this, he said, if you really want to know what a person values, don't listen to what they say. Instead, watch how they spend their, use their time, and again, we talked about that last week, and, and where they spend their money. So, so as we are, are wrapping up this, this all-in series, as we're um, kind of putting a bow on this, I want to challenge you this morning to just take a minute as we sit here and think, what's that one area of your life where maybe God is encouraging you, God is calling you to, to just be all-in? And here's, here's the image I, I want you to have in your head. Picture you're, you're, you're a little kid and you are standing by the side of the swimming pool, the deep end. And, and your father is, is in the water and he's like, come on, I got gotcha. you. Just, just jump in. And, and, and maybe you've been just kind of sticking a toe in to see what the temperature is. Or, or maybe you've even sat down on the edge and you've got your legs in the water, but you're just holding back. And, and maybe it is in this area of finances and, and you've never really given to anything before. And, and, and I would challenge you to sit down and think about it and, and start small. Just say, how can I just set aside a little bit every week so that when that moment comes to be generous, I can be generous. Or, or maybe it's not in the area of your finances. Maybe it's what we talked about last week. Maybe it's in that area of your time. That, that, that there's something God is calling you to do and, and you're just like, no, oh, I got too much on my plate. I just can't work that out. And he's calling you to rearrange your life, rearrange your priorities around that. Or, or maybe it's something that's even bigger than that. Maybe, maybe, 
there's something going on in your life and, 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 and you believe God's calling you to a career change or God is calling you to a relationship change or, or God is calling you to some other big change in your life and, and you've been just hesitant, you've been reluctant, is now the time that he's calling you to trust him. Take that leap. Let me pray for you about that right now. Let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, you say some pretty challenging things. And, and some of those words just kind of jump off the page at us. And, and for me, that, that idea that where my treasure is, my heart is, it's, that's a pretty big one. For, for me to, to think that, that how I spend my money it's going to actually not just reflect my heart, it's going to shape my heart. That's frightening in this world. So, first of all, Lord, turn my heart to you. And, uh, and free me from that power of materialism in this world and in my life. But Lord, even bigger than that, whether it's, whether it's with my stuff or with my time, wh whatever it is, Lord... Whatever it is you're calling me to, give me the courage to say, Lord, in view of what you have done for me, I'm, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to just jump in. I'm going I'm to be all in, Lord, for you. Whatever I'm holding back, Lord, help me let it go. And Lord, I, I pray that prayer for every single person in this room. Lord, we want to follow you. We're so thankful for your love and grace. Lord, let that love and grace empower our lives so that we can be all in. Amen.